I mean he's an impersonator. A fake. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you the following urgent announcement. You, yes you, put down that oversized bottle of Scrumpy and listen here. Do you like being entertained? Do you like television? Well, do we have the show for you. Built for people who love TV, where three rapscallions dissect two television shows, one old and one not so old, for a probable audience of one. It's time for Hardly TV History. Hello and thanks for tuning in to Hardly TV History, the show where three absolute idiots talk about two television shows for a probable audience of one. My name is Shannon and as usual, joined here by just the biggest idiots, Jake and Christian. Say hello, gentlemen. Extra venom in your voice today, Shannon. We just spent 10 minutes arguing about... <laughs> there was no arguing. It, was just, like it wasn't it's arguing. Just, it was just, this is my information, this is your information. I, I'm still firmly the view that whatever we actually commit to record is far worse than the conversation that takes place <laughs> off air. Mm. I don't know why we why we start recording now. What's the point? Just, I don't think that question really matters. I think the really important and salient point that we've, we've come from this was that I was right and you were wrong. Yeah, I mean... I don't want. I don't want. No, let's let's start again, Shannon. We've had the argument already. Let's start again. Okay. I, I just. I just, wanna, I just don't care. This is where I've I've landed, and I was firmly out of out of the conversation. Um, what oh. pointless scribble are we talking about today? Um, well, we're talking about two TV shows that are bonded by celluloid. They're bonded by by movies, um, and uh, in history. Uh, movies that become TV, TVs that become movies, video games that become movies or TV shows historically don't do particularly well. Um, we're looking at two examples that are, at least um, judging by the length of time that they aired, um, both did pretty well with fairly fervent fan bases. Um, I can't say I'm amongst either of those fan bases, um, but we did, of course, commit to and watch uh, both Stargate SG-1 and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm, so it did. For, for anyone who doesn't know, both of those shows were, in fact, uh, movies originally. Stargate, uh, just dropping the SG-1 and starring Kurt Russell. And mm-hmm. our, ma- our f- big fan of the podcast, spoke to him last week, <laughs> big fan, James <laughs> Spader. Um, and uh, and uh, everyone's uh, boyhood crush, in, in Buffy, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I can't say who played Buffy in the original because I haven't looked it up and I don't really want to get an argument at whether it came out in July 1 <laughs> or July 17. So I'm just going to ignore uh, IMDb. Um, but someone played Buffy and uh, and was replaced for the TV show by Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, it was Christy Swanson, FYI. Yeah, of course, but that doesn't matter. And, uh, and of course, uh, Sarah Michelle, if you're listening, still a big fan. Uh, <laughs> I'm COVID free as of about <laughs> 20 minutes ago. So uh, give me a bell, Sarah. <laughs> See, we're, we're laughing hard, but the people are, who are listening are like, just wailing over their heads. There's a whole thing. Um, so we're starting with. I assume the oldest uh, show out of that group, which is Stargate, it definitely aired first. Yeah, um, for sure, one hundred percent aired first. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Christian, hit us with the with the Stargate SG One story. Oh well, Stargate SG One picks up about twelve months after the events of Stargate, which I think we can probably take as red 
for the purposes of this podcast. Are we okay with that? We don't need yeah. to go through the plot of the movie. No, and- no, I didn't. I didn't watch the movie, but I watched mm. the TV show, so I'm, I'm sure. You didn't watch the movie. So how does the TV show make any sense to you? It doesn't it matter. Made, it made no sense. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, it, it takes place twelve months after the events of of, of Stargate, where uh, a fellow named Jack O'Neill, played by MacGyver, I mean Richard Dean Anderson, <laughs> yeah, is uh, is recalled from um, his retirement back into active duty to go on an exp- expedition through the Stargate in. Uh, in an attempt to you know, assess a threat to Earth and, and potentially destroy it, the threat being presented by some aliens who can travel through the universe through a through a, 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 a thing called a Stargate, which is like a kind of wormhole portal type thing, um, allows instantaneous travel across across vast vastness of of space. Um, it's a rip. It's basically a rip roaring adventure straight from the nineties. I always think of it pretty much as. Uh, your typical Americans in space is kind of how I imagine it, because you get all the the the, the brass of the the U.S. Air Force and the military doing their thing, and everyone is all brave and uh, heroic, and it, it's pretty much just a, a straight adventure flick with a twist of them going through the Stargate and you know experiencing meeting other foreign cultures and fighting with them. And frankly, Americans in space, much better title. And I think <laughs> would have been far more likely to tune in had it been called that. Right, right. Um, it, so you've hit the nail in terms of of um, how interesting this this uh, this adaptation is. Stargate wasn't a big hit. It wasn't a big commercial hit, at least as far as I can work out. Speak for yourself. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> I went and saw it on my tenth birthday. Hello, Scott Smith, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> he. He uh, he came to my tenth birthday, and we went and saw Star- Stargate. I don't know that I was a target audience, but certainly enjoyed enjoyed seeing James Spader on screen with his floppy hair. It, it was a, it's a direct continuation in the fact that they've chosen to to recast uh, the James Spader role, um, but not the Kurt Russell role. No, they did both. Look at the well, ready. Yeah, they recast them both. So Daniel Jackson was played by James Spader, and he was replaced. Um, in in the Stargate TV series, and so was uh, Kurt MacGyver. But, but he's not playing the same character as the movie. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah. Lo- I looked I looked it up on IMDb. They're different names. No, Jonathan, and then in brackets Jack. Yeah. Oh. So his real name is actually well, Jonathan. Well, that just ruined it for me, to be honest. Uh, well, it's oh. it's interesting the fact that they went they went a direct like a direct twelve months later, which was I found really interesting. I was as well. confused because he kept referring to him as like he's been there before, and I'm like, no, you haven't, MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> No, you haven't. Stop lying to these people. You've not been <laughs> yeah. here before. I was getting very confused. That makes a little bit more sense, but I'm I'm slightly disappointed. Isn't isn't that weird that we needed to continue that? Surely, like, so the end of the the the, the Earth people, us humans, presumably, um, is that is that correct title? We were still in possession yep. at, the, at the Stargate at the end of that movie. So mm. the continuation of that storyline did not need to occur, right? Like it could have been any old marine that just reactivated the Stargate. Yeah, but they wanted like you wouldn't have had the same effect with them with Jack knowing how to get in touch with with Daniel on um, Abydos by sending through the box of tissues. But he, but it didn't need that. It, it, this this is predicated on the fact that you've seen the movie before. And mm-hmm. as I said, I I saw the movie when I was ten, and mm-hmm. I have not seen it since. I flatly refused to watch anything uh, from that birthday party um, mm-hmm. again. <laughs> clown house uh scared the shit out of me as a 10 year old um 
and I refuse to watch that to this day. Still. I mean, I mean the, the good news is that we don't have to watch the TV show because we've now basically been told all the events of the TV show in this episode. So, oh, you mean all the events of the movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the movie. Sorry, in the movie in the episode. But, but the movie's infinitely better. Like, if you were choosing one, you, you would absolutely watch the powerhouse performances of Kurt Russell and James Spader versus MacGyver and some other guy with glasses. Right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Don't, don't, you, don't you scoff, good sir? Like. Clearly, the movie's better, and and the fact that the CGI is way better in the movie, um, it's an entirely different league, mate. It's, the movie had a budget of tens of millions of dollars. Well, the fact that their helmets, their weird helmet things, um, like like you the know, serpents. segmented and kind of yeah. came up. Whereas these, they just flicked their head like fucking giant pezzes. All I could see <laughs> when, when they were walking around is like Egyptian themed pez dispensers. <laughs> <laughs> it was very off-putting. Well, look, I think you're being a bit harsh. Keep in mind, this movie did come out in 1990. The TV show did come out in 1997. In a and you know, CGI was you know in its in its early days, mate. Like I'm, I'm thinking of uh, the, it, we. I remember we did the Mars Podcasters episode on True Lies, which is broadly contemporaneous. You mm. ripped into the special effects there as well with the explosions on the bridge. And I think you. you Frankly, I think you've been spoiled by CGI, like high-quality special effects in, in yeah, like like Terminator Two. It's it's not yeah. Which was when was that? Ninety three, ninety four. I'm sure the budget was significantly higher. <laughs> yeah, but but it's it's almost it's not just CGI. It's the way it's shot. It's very much shot like an early. It's a late nineties, early two thousands TV show. Mm-hmm. If you look at the way we shoot TV shows now, we shoot them like movies. Yeah. Um, they're very cinematic across the board. This looks like the sets wobble if you just lent up against the, you know, the bricks. So no. it's, it's look, I tried very hard to focus on the story, uh, which was effectively just like, it's like having a mate seen a movie and then just comes over and describes the movie back to you. It, worse. Mm-hmm. No, That's what SG1 was like. So then like Kurt Russell, he like goes through this big wobbly thing. And then he was like, he saw the other guy, I can't remember his name. And, that's what it felt like to me. It was, it was, <laughs> and except they've got worms in their stomach. Was that that wasn't described in the movie? When did that happen? No, that was that was not in the movie at all. Because that's you don't pure, really, that's pure SG one, baby. That's that is straight SG one. The the gold larvae in being kept in the in the pouch. Yeah. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk caliber of acting while we're here, shall we? Let's just oh. if we're being cruel. Um, I think you're being. I think you're being very unfair. You guys have obviously just decided you're going to take a really unfair approach in this episode. And, and I almost means... had COVID. I nearly died today. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to launch. <laughs> I haven't said yeah. anything negative yet. I'm just assuming. I'm assuming that you'll but, you'll follow your brother because apples don't fall far. Uh, from well, the tree. Let, let's 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 see. But I mean, Richard Dean Anderson. Sure. And he, MacGyver. Thank you. MacGyver. He's, yep. he's not well known for his acting chops now, is he? Is MacGyver, I mean, I don't, I remember, I remember very little about MacGyver. I know I've seen a, a whole lot of episodes, but I mean, the acting wasn't the first thing people thought of when they thought of MacGyver. He, he's kind of like, he's kind of like every dad. He's, you know what I mean? He's like, he's a very kind of homely kind of warm he's not he's not a butch marine mm. my, yeah. my problem with my problem with his acting was i couldn't tell if he was being sarcastic or he was meant like he was actually insulting the doctor when he was talking oh, to the scientists I, I, and especially and the female 
I can't remember what her name was. The major, what no, her name was, Cap- Doctor yes, Captain, Captain Samantha. Captain Samantha. Yep. Yeah, yep. I couldn't tell if he was being sarcastic to be an asshole, or that's he's just talking to her, talking down to her. Well, I, that, I couldn't, I couldn't get that. What he was trying to go for. That's a really interesting observation because in the original Stargate film, Kurt Russell's character was very much a dismissive, talking down to people type, like your typical sort of marine hard ass type. Yeah, yeah. He he had a haircut you could see at your watch too. That guy. That's, like, that's he, right, as Grandpa Simpson says. <laughs> yeah, he's he was that Johnny Unitas haircut. Yeah, I'm thinking um, like um, the character out of uh, uh, Street Fighter Two. Yeah, he's very much Guile. That's what he Guile, was. Yeah. That's right. He, he looks like Guile. Um, whereas the character in, like, Richard Dean Anderson takes a much more sort of um, sarcastic so, sort of approach. He, but I think yeah, he's, he's probably like a salada. He's yes, yes. But we're seeing the first episode, and having watched a lot of Stargate, uh, I won't go too far into the details, but he definitely is more of a sarcastic, smart mouth sort of character. And I think what you're seeing there is Richard Dean Anderson effectively transforming the 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 the, the typical American Marine hard ass into that more sarcastic character. Is this the Jack Reacher casting? It's like described as a seven foot tall brute of a man who could who could kick the shit out of anyone, and they're like, who in Hollywood? It is definitely nearly seven foot. I know Tom Cruise. That's that's who we're going to get. Like, is that because that's what it feels like a bit? Like you couldn't get further apart from Kurt Russell playing a marine to to Richard Dean Anderson playing it. Is is that? I mean, they at least tried with the Spader character. Like they, they gave him floppy hair and a, and, a, and glasses. Yeah, the Spader character was like. The, Daniel Jackson was recast really well. I thought, like the similarity be the way in the way that he's kind of played, I found was was pretty good. To the degree that back in the nineties, I couldn't really tell the difference between Michael Shanks and James Spader. Uh, that is that is one of the most baffling things you've. Spader oozes charisma on a screen, <laughs> and this guy, this guy is just a blank book. But remember, this is nineteen ninety seven, so what I would have been eight, nine. <laughs> Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, yeah, that's he's, fair. Not looking, he's not looking for oozing charismatic people, Shan. No, no, that's right. It's uh, but you know we love Spader. I've just been rewatching The Office and watching the Robert California era. Uh, oh, it's well, Office. Sorry, I, um, I yeah, I was going to say yeah, yeah well, let's let's get the let's get the ages right because I definitely saw it on my tenth birthday. That was the yeah. it was uh, it was it was Pizza Hut All You Can Eat the yeah. buffet, which really if we haven't done a full podcast on that, let's let's do that. Um, that's that's what and then, the or you can Stargate at the movies. So, um, you know, it was good times all around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the rest of the casting is just is a nothing cast. I, I, I was convinced. I was absolutely convinced. The other marine who leads up SG two, um, Walski. Yeah, he was Ted. I was convinced he was Ted Levine from from. Uh, and I was getting angry that I couldn't find his name in the credits, um, <laughs> but it wasn't him. It's another guy who looks a lot like Ted Levine from Silence of the Lambs. Like I was convinced, yeah, it's pretty right. close. Um, pretty they're close. not; they're different people, which annoys me. Um, but the cast is weak. Like it's a very weak cast. I would have thought here. Ooh. Well, is 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 MacGyver leading the cast? Like you know, we've got MacGyver. He's the big draw. Everyone else well, will kind of like. When did MacGyver end? I don't know. Uh, 
See, we've done no... Welcome to the show where no reach... We, 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 I didn't no ask about his past performance of when he'd end as MacGyver. My, my question is, was he still a bankable star? I feel like MacGyver was done at that stage. So I, I don't know whether he was a bankable kind of, hey, this is MacGyver's next project or not. Oh, MacGyver was in 1985. There you go. Uh, see, he, he's, a, he's a long gone from well, MacGyver. It didn't end in 1985. It, ran, it finished in 1992. So and then there was a yeah, special in 1994. Five so he's five years gone from MacGyver. No one's hanging yeah. out for MacGyver's next project. Five years wasn't that long, was it? Really? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an eon in in. No, Hollywood. well, he he did he did what five TV shows, five TV uh, movies mm. before he grabbed onto. Uh, actually, did a lot before he grabbed MacGyver. So, so this is a double episode, which I must say I was cursing Christian quite a lot because <laughs> I, I do hate the double episodes because Buffy was, was done in 40 minutes and this thing dragged on and on and on. What the hell happened in this episode that took an hour and, a, and nearly an hour and 40 it, minutes? To, I was to thinking the same thing. I was thinking back describing the episode. A lot didn't happen for it to be an hour and a half. They went to Abydos, got ambushed by Apophis and and or his army of Jafar, then they had to find out where Apophis went. They had to go chasing after them and they had to have their shootout and their adventure in the... It was a long... It, this is movie length. Yeah, we got a whole a Stargate. And wasn't, wasn't it fantastic? Didn't you have a rip-roaring time? Well, frankly, this is the plot of the Avengers, which without the superheroes, like this is the Avengers. In fact, that first scene where they're, we're trying to activate the Stargate is absolutely just... Them Tesseract. playing with the Tesseract, yeah. <laughs> and and which is weird because that's written by Joss Whedon, who wrote Buffy. So I, I, I was just like, what? What am I watching here? I just, it just was mercilessly boring. Like that's what? It could have been forty minutes. It absolutely could have been forty minutes. But or, yeah. or, at, le- or at least cut at some point because I mean, it's it's a long it's a long episode for for what you, what you got. Well, it was and, two episodes in one, man. Like, and, but, cons- but considering they've already introduced half the characters, mm-hmm. they didn't need to be that long, surely. If if you're if you're predecessor, if you're if you need to watch the movie first, mm-hmm. which I definitely should have, mm-hmm. to understand what the hell was going on. <laughs> but if you if you've already introduced two of your main characters, you shouldn't need an hour and a half for a pilot episode. But, but I don't like my pilot episode to have homework. Like, why have I got to do pre pre reading before I'm allowed <laughs> to watch this thing? You're obviously not the target market. Like you, you guys, I, 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 I will say I didn't, I didn't hate it as much as Shannon did. I actually thought it was, it was, it was pretty interesting. Don't, and, and... don't speak for me. I detested it. It's different. <laughs> but, but I got, to, I got to the end of the episode, and I'm thinking, yeah, well, he's got, a, he's got a bug at him now. Let's see where this goes. Mm. I wasn't, I wasn't running to the exit like I think Shannon was. No, look, and at the end of the day, the the overall premise is that there's this skate that's on earth that you can travel through to any number of places in the galaxy and each of those places has a different historic culture from earth because the the theme of stargate or the plot of stargate is that human civilized human civilization um was dominated in the in the past by these aliens the gold who took up and uh, took up roles as our um gods and are worshipped by ancient cultures and they've been transplanted all across the galaxy so the people can travel through the stargate sorry the americans in space can travel through the stargate and basically bring their you know, civilization civilizing mission and truth justice and freedom and liberty and all that sort of stuff to you know these ancient ancient cultures spread and, across the galaxy and so their, their advanced technology is zappy sticks and stupid helmets is that it Zappy sticks and stupid helmets. That's that's pretty much but, what we saw as the advanced technology. No, but what else do you need when like you you're used to oppressing people who are basically in the in you know the, the Bronze Age? But 
in the movie, do they explain how the Stargates came about and who built them? In the movie? Yeah. No, because it's not known at that it's not known at that point. But, so they, they just randomly appear in random places with random coordinates. So in the Stargate movie, there's only one, the only Stargate destination they know of is, is that one. That one. It's, it's a portal between two worlds, which is the big reveal, which loses its sting if you haven't seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> there's actually, it's open to more than just, but, which, which would be dumb because if you couldn't make a TV show that runs for 217 episodes of just zipping back and forth between, the one you know, place, it's just yeah. like we've got here and we've got yep. the local KFC. That's, that's all you but, can travel to. That's, and well, I actually think it's a, it's a great premise for a TV show. Like it, it's actually a really easy way to get it's like it's like red dwarf when they go off the ship finally mm. it's, it, a, it's it a really interesting way to get different like star trek did flying it's, planet to it's planet. sliders right it's sliders it's, except it's sliders. the time travel yep yep that's right so the the and yeah you go through the portal instead of time travel you're traveling to different places and you're interacting with ancient cultures so what you effectively get is this great adventure thing it's got the whole feel good american you know good old boy traveling yeah, across yep. the galaxy fighting the forces of oppression and, and tyranny but you've also got something there that really attracts people who are into history and different cultures and a bit of adventure like that and then you've got the whole alien thing over the top where you know humanity's fighting against a uh, you know massively superior force and we're the underdog and it's only through our pluck and ingenuity that we survive which is probably why macgyver gets a gets a guernsey are we looking at this wrong? Is this actually just a sequel to Team America World Police? Is this <laughs> is this cool. Team America Portal Police? And <laughs> they just like, they're, not, they're not policing anyone. They're obviously they're trying to find his now captured wife, yep. who's got a bug in her ass. But, but that um, that can't that was a. Can, can we talk about that scene? Yeah, can we, well, can we, we talk about that scene? Of course, we can talk about that scene. Yeah, go on. Let's hear what you're going to say. I want to talk about it because I was watching this at a. Uh, I, was, I took the kids to swimming practice as I always do on a Monday. Sure. And I was watching in a public pool. I, I was sitting in the middle <laughs> row watching Stargate. And I watched the, the first scene happened. She got nude, but she wasn't actually nude. You didn't see anything. You saw her rip the clothes off and it was fine. And yeah, then this... all of a sudden they do the same thing to the next person and boom, full it, frontal nudity. Was it? Is it because it's you said Showtime it was on? So mm. so I was thinking this was this was network TV. So I was thinking okay. this is like NBC or Fox or something. But it's like PG. I, I was not expecting it. No, neither all. was I, and not no. at all. It also didn't. It wasn't necessary to the story, really. Also, uh, I mean, I'm no I'm no human doctor. Um, no. <laughs> why, why did he, why did he turn him over? What? Why? Because the alien goes into the back of your neck and takes over your spinal cord. That's how it works. It, it, it does it need to go around the back? What, I... <laughs> well, the other one went in the e guy's side. Yes. So yeah, it goes into your neck and then wraps itself around your spine. It was, couldn't have done that without flipping over. <laughs> it was it was it was leering and it was almost uncomfortable. Why they were leering? I, I don't. I didn't understand what the nudity added to that scene at all. Because they did it in the first scene without showing anything. Like the first yeah, female yeah. got stripped down without showing yeah, anything. Yeah. Network TV, classic network TV. They, they, co- they covered that up. I thought, like, oh, okay, this is where it's going to be. It's PG, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about that. It makes sense. I understand why she's nude for the ceremony, but you don't yep. have to show anything. And then yep. all of a sudden, you saw everything. Yeah, I picked that up as well, and I the, my first thought was thinking about the time and night this would have aired, probably seven thirty to eight thirty. Did you sort of cross over that arbitrary line 
you know, yeah, it, it was an hour and five minutes because I paused it very quickly and yep. put the uh, put the phone away um, <laughs> so I could watch the rest of the Was there an audience watching this going, well, this is all fine. I'm, I'm down for the Stargate and the... But the one thing this is lacking is tits. And then, and then like, bang. And then, like, okay, I'm hooked. I'm in. But I, I wonder if, they, if... Are they going to continue this going forward? Like, I, don't, I'm, 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 I haven't seen any more. No. It, but so it, I, I, I mean, that makes less sense over the whole sense of the TV show. It's then. an aberration, Christian, because it does... It, it did seem wildly out of place. Yeah, look, I, I, I take your point. I think that that was... Um, I think the intention behind that was they were trying to demonstrate, I suppose, the... The callousness and the depravity of the of the 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 goal, the people who are taking these people and kidnapping them and turning them into their hosts. Um, it, it is melting their brains. Into that and melting their brains. Yeah, it is. It is trying to go into that that um, area. Like they're trying to basically channel and show how violating these these aliens are. It, it did did strike me earlier that there was there was the presence of blood on the dead soldiers too early on, which I was like. Yeah, that was maybe. Was maybe I thought that this is this is is this pitching an older audience than I was anticipating because the mm. the rest of the story doesn't seem to be like the dialogue doesn't seem to be particularly adult or or witty or clever or it it, it is it was it going for a higher a different market than what I assumed it was. I noticed well, the blood too. That was interesting that they covered the guy, they covered the soldier full of blood yep. over his hands and arms, which is <laughs> interesting as well. But it, it is it is rated as PG, so. It yeah, but as to who it's actually aimed at, I mean, mm-hmm. it probably it probably would have been an uh, an older audience, probably late teens, probably early early twenties ish, I'd say, because you've got the whole rah rah, you know, air force guns and um, heroics and, and and whatnot. But then you've also got the the exploration and adventure side of things. So, like young teens probably aren't really going to understand. A lot of that, a lot of that stuff will be attracted to that. So, yeah. Look, at the end of the day, it was 1997. They were probably trying to amp things up. If it was on Showtime, they were probably trying to, you know, justify being on cable. Maybe it's um, it's it's weird. I mean, on the strength of this, I, I would not have thought this. This a runs 217 episodes or whatever it did. It did, mm. but also that it had four spinoffs, three yeah. spinoffs. Yeah, like like it built an empire that. No one that that was involved in the movie surely would have gone. This is going to spin off, you know, four times and be uber successful. I mean, watching the movie, this I wouldn't have thought there was a huge opportunity to make this uh, a, a series. I, I I really do want to try and understand in the back end how the, how this happened because hundreds of movies that could have TV shows never do. And and we, yet we have this doesn't doesn't seem well, natural. You, you got to you got to look at it, Shannon. Like this is this is maybe filling the void that's the sorry the void the void that mm. Star Trek might have left. Like this is this is a very if you like Star Trek, you're probably going to like this show kind of kind of feel. Mm-hmm. And I and yeah. I, I feel like this is they, they were tapping into that that market. It's certainly shot like Star Trek. You know, I yeah, think in I terms think, of I think the, the dialogue is very much like Star Trek too. I mean, it's a bit yeah, more. Yeah, it's poorly acted like Star Trek. Um, I haven't seen much of Star Trek, but it, it felt like that's what Star Trek was ending around this time, I believe. I'm not 100% sure, but. One I, of I the felt, Star Treks. I, I thought they were trying to capitalize on that kind of market. If you like Star Trek, you're going to like this alternate version of Star Trek kind yeah. of thing, which I, Look, I think was successful. Yeah, and I think the, the the 
TV networks and the production houses and whatnot, they were looking for shows. They were, they were, they were casting around for shows that were going to be able to turn into a franchise and, and become something that would keep people coming back, you know, over and over again. Um, I think you're right. Star, Star Trek had been incredibly successful. Um, Battlestar Galactica had been pretty big back in the late 70s and, and 80s as well. So there was a, they know there's a market there for um, sci-fi and uh, adventure TV shows more generally. MacGyver itself was an adventure show. Um, well, you see, Voyager was 95. Yeah, Voyager so, was, yeah, that's so right. That, that would have been wrapping up wrapping yep. up around then. And, and Next Generation, when did that finish? Uh, good question. My computer size now to take its time to load. Yeah, look, I think we'll probably find it, it was in the 90s sometime. So Star Trek had proven that there was a, a, a space there for science, science fiction, 94, yeah. So Star Trek had proven that there's a space there for, for fiction, um, space fiction on, on TV in a episodic seasonal kind of format. And, you know, Stargate hit the spot. It, it was this fun adventure. Every episode is, is um, fits into an overall wider narrative, but at the same time, it, it is a self-contained sort of, sort of story. Um, you got characters who grow and develop and have their own motivations and agendas and you get to see that kind of play out over the series. Um, you wind up with hundreds of episodes, many different plot arcs and twists and turns. We won't go into any of that stuff now because we're only supposed to be talking about the pilot. I, I, I did I did see like the guy, uh, the like the, the turncoat guy. I can't remember what his name was. I can't Kowalski. remember his name. Yeah. No, no, the, the turncoat guy, the guy who let, let him out of the prison. Um, oh, Tilk. Yep. Yeah, I, I looked at him and thought, Wait, he's part of the main cast. I know, I know his face from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I saw that one coming. But I think it was it was brave of them to almost find the villains right away. I think it, it might have been tempting to, for them to like miss the first planet and get the first planet wrong, and mm-hmm. set up the the show that way. But to kind of throw you all in and go, we're going to capture these guys. We're going to take over their bodies, and that's your motivation to chase us. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was that was pretty brave straight off the bat rather yeah. than to try to draw it out well they're trying to they're trying to pull in a motivation to get daniel jackson yeah. to come back to earth and and be the archaeologist on the team um and that's kind of the, the really clever thing about the, the composition of stargate on the team you've got a scientist who's very clever you've got the sort of sarcastic um wise cracking uh, american soldier guy You've got um, the archaeologist who's a, a, a bit of a history nerd. And then you wind up with this big brooding laconic guy who doesn't say very much, but he's, you know, on, on the team as well. So it's a very diverse cast in terms of like the um, actual makeup of, of the team, just in terms of the type of characters that they are. And you don't really get that in the Stargate movie. Did you like? Yeah. Um, did you like the uh, the action pose, Shannon? The the Avengers all line up in a row in front of Stargate pose. Yeah, I didn't like any of it. I thought you're going to love the, all four of them standing in the perfect line, basically posing with their arms crossed, going, and then you just hear the theme song in the background. Yeah, I, it just. I mean, and you know, talking about themes, the the theme didn't didn't stick with me in any meaningful way. So, it, uh, I. You know, as opposed to the to the Buffy theme, which I think is one of the one of the best theme songs of the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you know, I didn't do a lot, and I actually, I actually waited for the theme song to kind of hit because I thought we're going to have a good sort of orchestral theme song here, and it was a bit, it was a bit nothing. Um, just having a quick look at, at Stargate, I mean, it does fascinate me that, that that this was they decided it certainly made money, like it was, it probably you know quadrupled its budget. Mm. You know, it was it was made for about fifty five million. It made worldwide about two hundred million. Um, you know, it did did okay numbers in in uh, in the US, um, but. Uh, it was it was just a middling score. Like it was, it's certified rotten on on Rotten Tomatoes. It's it's fifty five percent, I think. But the audience uh, results about seventy five percent. So the audience liked it better than the critics. Yep. But it's just one of those middling sci fi movies that was like, I just don't understand how it jumped to um, to a series, given that it doesn't seem like Roland Emmerich, who wrote it, co wrote it, and directed it, had anything to do with its. It, it landing on on TV, it would it would be like Event Horizon, just all of a sudden, or Sphere, yeah, just all of a sudden becoming a, a TV show. It doesn't make a huge amount of sense to me, um, and, and not only that, but that they've decided that there's such a such a following that we're going to use the characters from the movie, yeah, as a continuation. Yeah, look, it's probably I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking at a turn now, and just shows how much preparation we don't do for the show. But <laughs> it, it's owned by it was owned by MGM, and they released the film. It probably sitting inside their their library of content or IP that they own, and they're the ones who are involved in producing it into a, a TV series as well. They were probably saw the opportunity to try and you know cash in on some of that Star Trek. But it was quite a few play. years later too. Like the, the movie's ninety four, ninety three, yeah. so it's a few years after that. So it's like the goodwill that might have been kicking around. It just seems odd. Like the whole the whole thing just seems odd. But it worked. Like it's clearly it's clearly been very successful as a TV show. Hmm. You can also say, I mean, moving into Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you can also say the same thing about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Um, the, the movie was, it's what, 33, 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was a comedy mm-hmm. um, that had Luke Perry and bloody Kiefer Sutherland in it. Yeah, yeah, it had Donald Sutherland, I think. Oh, sorry, Donald Sutherland. Don't, don't, don't. But, but, I, but I, think, I think the story there is that is that Joss Whedon, A, wrote the movie and thought he could do it better as a show and took it again and said, I think this actually works better as a series. Yep. Um, and he was the cr- creative driver before, b- behind it. So I think that's the transition. Um, if anyone hasn't seen Buffy, Jake, t- tell everyone about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I mean, it's in the title. so She's a vampire slayer, the end. <laughs> um, uh, so Buffy comes from uh, LA where she burnt her gym down. Um, obviously fighting vampires in a very unsubtle way. Uh, and she's come to the new Sunnydale uh, High School where there's a big mystery afoot about a murder that happened early on in the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, she meets her new classmates and her new friends that will, will be going on throughout the season and her uh, watcher, Giles. 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 Uh, his uh, watcher who's basically her trainer, her teacher, her, her guidance counsellor. Uh, who's a librarian? Who's a librarian? Uh, and she, the first episode culminates with her fighting her vest vampire. Yeah, is yeah. basically how it works. And it, it's it's a very nineties uh, first day of school show for the first oh, yes, twenty minutes. Oh, how much so was like, in you know, that? She's all that, all that yeah. kind of just it just comes flooding back to you. The soundtrack, the music. It, it could have had, it could have had Blink One Eight Two at the start. You'd be like, that's perfectly right, dude. Um, yes, yes. I I was about to say the exact same thing. I loved yeah. the music in in yeah. this because it was it transported you, didn't it? 
it it really did, and and it had it had uh, I can't remember the name of the the glow or whatever the the, the bronze the bronze was <laughs> the 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 club that for some reason underage kids are allowed to go to. Um, but <laughs> oh, and also the teachers there. It's all right. The, the library is there too. The library. <laughs> that's fine. Um, they all mingle and it's all fine. And then they, then they had live music, which is again it was a good place to introduce new bands and have basically free advertising, um, yeah. which was really interesting. And, and you can see the blueprint of a lot of TV shows going forward coming in in buffy and sarah michelle Gellar's big big break point of order i i I saw that and i remember back in the day seeing the club that they were all going to and the bands were playing and all the all the uh the kids were there but watching the show back now like some real things jumped out at me and caused me some issues one there's no staff operating at this place Mm. two how the hell does it have power if it's some illegal underground club and three like what are they selling? What's the, the, there's no cover charge. The, there's no people stopping people stopping the kids coming in or charging them cash. How is this place operating, making money? Sorry, sorry. So your issue, your issue with this episode is the fact that this club has no business the, plan. The economics did not stack up. This thing is going to hemorrhage money. If only they got a good club manager in there, they could be where, making some serious bank. Where, where's your profit and loss statements? I want to see these right now. That's right. That's right. Who uh, the hell approved this thing? Sorry, right. have you done your bass this year? What is going on, club? It's, 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 it's such a it's such a weird place. Like, and the parents are just like, "I'm going to a club mm. on a school night." Your yep. mum, your mum's like, "Is there going to be boys there? Watch <laughs> out for the boys." That's, that's her uh, big thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I cannot tell you how much I hated this episode, and I hated the 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 the, the liability that it holds is the Josh Whedonness of it all. Yeah. And I don't know whether it is – Joss Whedon is very tainted and there's a lot of stuff that's come out now about the way he treated this particular cast and how mm-hmm. toxic this cast uh, – this set was, mm-hmm. um, particularly as he got bigger and bigger. Um, it got worse and worse. But the dialogue that he asks these teenagers to say is like a 40-year-old man writing dialogue that he thinks teenagers say. Yes. Like, it's yeah. a, it's a teenager, an old man writing cool, hip teen dialogue, and it is horrendous. So I'm just picturing that Steve Buscemi meme, you know, with uh, you know, hey, fellow kids, <laughs> holding a skateboard with like it's just it's gross. I, I hate the dialogue in this. Um, and he abbreviated some words that no one ever abbreviates. Oh, no one ever what spoke you, like who, that. Who John? speaks like that? Mm. Yeah, even in the nineties, mm. who spoke like that? I don't yeah. know. It's it's so, but it's it's dates the show so badly. Oh, yeah, instantly. Like, of course, it dates it, but that's that was why I enjoyed watching it because it was, it was like a nostalgia hit. The music was was crazy. The uh, like all the clothes they were wearing was all it was so nineties. Yeah, it was it, so nineties. The, the the acting is as wooden as one of Buffy's state. <laughs> oh, it's, um, it's, not, it's not that. Is it Xander? All, all he of them. is awful. All <laughs> of them bar, bar Giles. Yeah, good. You can tell, tell the professional actor, can't you? Like, yeah, and he's actor. just like, he, and you could see him dying behind his eyes <laughs> in every scene he was in. He, even to the point where Xander pops out when he over, he was like, vampires, you say. Like, it was Whoa. just so awful. Mm. And and I love Sarah Michelle Gale. She was my genuine first crush. Um, and she she's not great in this. Cordelia, who the actress who plays Cordelia, is is not good. And I remember I remember Joss Whedon 
she was one of the ones that led a lot of the allegations against Joss Whedon and him coming out saying she could hit a punchline like no one else. And I'm so sad to hear her experience. You know, the typical bullshit rich white guy um, sure. uh, uh, solution to a problem. Um, but she's not she's not good in this. And I was like, if that's if that's true, that's that's this is not good. And, and I will qualify this. My, our mum, Jake, absolutely yep. freaking loved this show. This was probably her, one of her favourite shows. Well, um, to the point she named our dog and cat Buffy and Angel. Yeah, yeah. Like, she, she adored this show. I do not get it. I, I don't I don't see. The, the stunts are awful. You know, watching stunt performers cover their face when they pretend to be Buffy and it, it's just... But I mean, there's not so that much bad. Could, like, I'm not sure if it was insurance or whatnot, but there's not a lot that she couldn't do. There was a couple of falls in the in the, in yeah, the couple, uh, above ground. But, but falls you can kind of do you can get away with by covering up. But like there's some things that are obviously not her that mm. are super simple stunts that stunt performers like obviously now they probably like, you know, Wonder Woman Gal Gadot would probably do it herself. Mm-hmm. But it just it, it it just seemed like there was unnecessarily stunt work that it's clearly like nothing else that had been on television before. I think it was talking to an audience that really had not been spoken to at all before. But it does seem disingenuous. Its target audience is is teenagers, right? Like late oh, yeah. teens, early teens. You know, like that's its audience. Just, yeah. And I don't know how they got away with the dialogue, and everyone just went, "Well, that's not how we talk." Yeah, clear. But, I mean, was it was it how teenagers talked back no, then? No, I, I don't. You, I don't know. No, I, I was, was a teenager back. I then. was like five years old. You weren't a teenager. I was five years old when this came out. When it came out, no, the 97, 97. 97. I was good math, Jake. I was nine years old when it came out, so you were barely yeah, so a teenager. I was, I was just yeah, but I was entering. I was hitting peak when I should have been interested in this show, and I was not. It was all right. Like, you know, I think I was eleven or twelve when it came out. Wasn't that um. Look, it's it's hard for me to, to to think about how it went from this pilot to one of the biggest. You know, people say you know nerds love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, I'm a I'm one of the biggest nerds out there, and I can't see the the appeal of this TV show. I've watched a whole season of it relatively recently, and it, it, it's it's grading the Josh Josh Wheaton effect of it. <laughs> I, I think I think Josh Wheaton's dialogue dates faster than just about any dialogue. Ever and I, that's not just this. I think if you, even if you go back and watch the first Avengers film, there's a lot of elements in that movie you just go, oh, that's so Joss Whedon. Like it's just, it's it's almost it's on level with not that you get the cringe factor, but you can tell straight away who's written it. Um, you know, it, like it's like a Sorkin script. You know straight away it's Sorkin. It's a lot like that with just this kind of overly quippy. Everyone's got a quip. Mm. Um, everyone's sarcastic and sardonic all, always, constantly. No one ever says what they actually mean. Um, but it, I, I just, I think it's dated horrendously, more more than a lot of shows that we've covered. And we've covered a lot of shows that have dated poorly. Yeah. This is this is really bad as a, as a almost unwatchable. Yeah, and- look, I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I take, I, I'm happy to, to, to agree that, yeah, it has dated. Um, but you just take that for what it is, and uh, I I had like a real nostalgia trip watching the watching the show. Were you a fan? Have you been a fan of Buffy? 
I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself a fan because I haven't sat down and watched episode after episode or understand what the plot points are or anything like that. I've just I'm, I've I've seen it obviously when I was younger and I've seen the odd episode sort of here and there, but um, I wouldn't describe myself as a fan. No. Oh, I can tell you this is the second episode of Buffy I've seen behind the musical episode, which someone said you have to watch the musical episode. <laughs> I um, want to talk about the movie to be honest. And that was about jam. I was wanted to jam chopsticks in my ears that whole, well, that whole before, episode. Before we get to the movie, I just want to ask. The chemistry between um, Sarah Michelle Gellar and David Borans, was it just awful to you guys as well, or was it just me? Oh, I actually thought that was probably the best part of the show. I think I think um, he was the best part of the show, because I think he brought some, some different... He was definitely mysterious I, I just, I just thought I thought the, the chemistry between them... I, I, I just thought, again, she was overly quippy, and... and it was this sullen, I just want to be left alone. Like that's, that's real. Like all of that was just grating. Like the, her whole character in this whole show was just, just like a typical teenager's like, oh, oh, another day, another vampire. Like it was just so. I, I, just, wonder, I just wonder if she came in um, more peppy and not peppy, but angry that she's got to start from day one, but understands her responsibility. It might've been better. Like her trying to hide her identity, but. Being upset that they've followed her here when she's mm. trying to get away from it for a break or something might have been better than I just don't want to do it. Leave me alone. Yeah, so it's, it's a pretty serious like saying I'm not, I'm not going to protect the world from vampires when you've taken a responsibility <laughs> on. Grow up, kid. But she didn't take responsibility on the whole the whole thing. It was she just is the slayer and that's just what she has to do. And then she she's rebelling against that. Which I have no doubt is explored in depth through the through through the series because mm. that's actually interesting. It's the unwilling superhero yeah. that's kind of forced into it is a big kind of concept for this for this episode. Yeah, um, that's right. Because you can start delving down into ideas of selflessness <laughs> and sacrifice and obligation to 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 you know save the world. Um, I'm a bit interested. You. You haven't uh, identified, like, you haven't talked about it being effectively a monster of the week yet, like, because that's really what it is. Yeah, it didn't do an effective job of setting it up in that way. Um, it didn't feel like that. Um, I, I assume that that's where it, where it heads. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas X Files, you know, that straight episode, you just know straight away that it's going to be a new monster of the week every week. It mm. feels like we're going to be constantly beating vampires, which kind of doesn't. Well, no, because he did mention that the whole the universe contains more than vampires. He gave a a fairly long list of things that they could possibly come across, mm. yeah. come across, which 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 is interesting. But the whole thing's going to be vampires and this hell hellmouth. Yeah, well, because the town is situated like they say that, like Giles explains, the whole town is is it Giles who explains or one of the yeah, vampires? Yeah, no, he's definitely. Yeah, it's it's you know it's at, the town is positioned above the mouth of hell basically, so all the monsters come out into Sunnydale um, and you know start killing. What what was a highlight was I thought the makeup. Particularly, the vampires looked looked particularly good for mm. for a, a network TV show. They're kind of iconic, aren't they? If you if you see that vampire in that that you know configuration, mm. you know it's Buffy. Yeah, Even if you yeah. Look at it now you know that's Buffy's makeup. Yeah, which I thought I I actually thought was the best. You know, was one of the one of the better makeup effects I've seen on a mm. on a show. Um, you know, it didn't didn't overuse it, so you didn't get a huge amount. But the characters transitioning in and out of that, yeah, um, very good. Was was particularly good, so um, yeah. I just I did I thought it was weak, and I just thought it was over weedenized. Uh, he wrote it which, like it's yeah, I know, but I just it's just like, and it was it's the same. I was thinking the same in the Avengers, just like shut up. Not everyone needs to quit. 
you know? <laughs> and 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 the Alison Hannigan, the Willow character, is just a caricature of of a person that's got no confidence. Like it's just such a two dimensional character that but, really yeah, annoyed me. Her, her going forward becomes a big. Her development is a big part of the story going mm. forward. Yeah, look, I, I, once again, I think Shannon is being overly harsh. It, it is what it is. It was a a, a a teenage kind of adventure, kind of monster of the week, mystery, supernatural themed thing that was, it, it's completely designed to to lure in teenagers and be the show that everyone talks about, you know, at school the next day. So expecting some kind of higher brow or, or, or sophisticated I- complex argument or thought process. I, I did think it was interesting cool. when she was getting dressed, she was like, you know, I could be a giant I could be a giant tart or I could be a, yeah. I, I, she, I, she used the word slut. I, I wasn't going to use that did. word Shane. I was going to try yeah. and keep it clean well, but this, this is a time capsule it's a different time. <laughs> yeah but she, and I, I just thought that was interesting that they kind of threw that in there when there wasn't a lot of uh, selling sex in this show. It was it was kind of pretty, no, pretty clean. It's aimed at that younger teenage audience. Yeah, but the younger teenage it was pretty clean. Yeah, who will be using that word kind of as you know, hush hush, amongst the group themselves, and uh, yeah, it's that's yeah, that's the audience. It, 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 could, it could have been more revealing. It could have gone down that path, being more revealing and more. Well, with um, their high school kids, so no, you can't. Yeah, and, and that, no, that's like, different. No, but like the like the the vampires could be because they're thousands of years old. You could have aimed at doing that, but they didn't do that either. Just just count yourself lucky that we didn't get Kirsten Stewart or fucking. The other one, Robert Patterson, although he's redeemed himself a little bit, but it's mm. but it's less. It was less whiny than Twilight, and I think that that's that's a win. Uh, that <laughs> yeah. was a win. Like, <laughs> if this is if this is what we think of when we think of vampires, I take that over Twilight every day of the week. Well, I mean, um, really, this is probably one of the best best shows about vampires, yeah, or even any any hey, medium about it's, vampires. It's no interview with a vampire. Let's just calm the fuck down. Which is which is also a, a, a becoming a TV show, but I'm thinking, I mean, you know, if you're thinking about the sex and 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 that pushing that angle, something like True Blood clearly takes it and runs with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 that's, I'm not saying they want they they should have. I'm saying that they didn't, which is good. But that's kind of where the genre went. It, yeah. it, it mm. kind of inflated vampires with with sex a bit, I suppose, as well. Yeah. Um, whereas this doesn't this that doesn't this doesn't play into that at all. No, at all. At all. But by comparison, Buffy's very wholesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I think Buffy is kind of holds a place in pop culture history as, you know, one of the first you know, really strong female characters in a kind of an action sort of context. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we we don't really see don't don't really see too many before Buffy, and, and she kind of you know takes on that that place now. Well, not 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 a teenager anyway, because I'm thinking like Xena and like the original Wonder Woman and things like. Oh yeah, the original Wonder Woman. Yes, Xena was sort of contemporaneous, wasn't it? Yeah, but she but she wasn't she wasn't a, a teenager. I'm no, thinking more like the the younger generation, but, but roughly around the same time. We started to see same, more, same more time, female. But, but mm, there were there yeah. wasn't many like female teenagers who were badasses. Yeah, Xena was 1995. So, but you know, still, I think the the point remains. Yeah, you, you're right, Jake. There weren't very many teenagers, and you know, probably the, one of the first role models for young women in that. Uh, you're forgetting Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. I think you'll find. Oh, hold on. Uh, so look. If we're looking at, at which which one of these is getting the nod, I I, I don't know. I'm going with the Vampire Slayer because it's it was quicker. No, like, it was over and done with. It was quicker. <laughs> yeah, no. I think you I think you've been far too harsh again, Shannon. But that's all right. You can you can do that and be unhappy with everything you see. I'm going to go with, with Stargate. 
because okay. I really uh, I I just enjoy a good sci-fi adventure and um, at the end of the day, Americans in space charging across the galaxy, bringing freedom, democracy, and liberty, kind of like Roger Ramjet is uh, is is timeless. I'm kind of stuck in the middle. I don't know which one to go with. I I didn't hate my time with either of them. Like I, there was no, pros. Really. To, like, I, I didn't hate my time with Buffy. It was just some of the things were very annoying. But I, I might go Stargate as well. I think there's, there's bigger potential for some interesting things going there. Buffy's kind of monster of the week. We've seen it before, but mm. I'm going to go Stargate just to mix things up. Yeah, but see, I'd still watch the old episode of Buffy just for that nostalgia fix, particularly the music. I mean, just. Google Blink One Eight Two and listen to it. Like you'll get right. that and, and, and it's going to be interesting to see if the Bronze pick up their their management style. That's right, mate. We really like, need that's, to... that's 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 the interesting thing you want to see. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm going to watch nineteen episodes of it just to see <laughs> if there's any change in the management. Just, just watch like the first episode of each season and see if the management picks up at, at, at the Bronze. I don't know, unless it's like a unless the whole purpose behind it is to actually be a front for drugs, and you know it doesn't really matter. They just pretend it's a money laundering operation. These kids don't do drugs. Come on, that's crazy. It's sunny yeah. down. Sunnydale, yeah. The, but well, uh, before we go on, can I just com- make one more comment about Buffy? Sure. How weird was it that no one mentioned the fact that a dead guy turned up in the gym? Like he fell out of a locker and then like Buffy, Buffy came home from school and her mum was like, how was your day, kiddo? Yeah. What was going on? A brief conversation between friends, like how did he die? She kind of weirded out how did he die. Yeah. yeah. Never mentioned again. Yeah. Like, 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 I'll go out to the bronze. No worries, mum. There was just a dead guy at school, but that's fine. We'll go out to clubbing by ourselves. Yes. Not only that, but the very considerate vampire stuffed him in a locker for another student to find. Yeah, was... yeah considerate. But can we, can we just make the point, like, we live in the era of stranger danger, and this is kind of like that all kind of started <laughs> yeah, you know, right, right before this. But back, we were still at a time where on TV, they would, parent, they would portray a parent who let a kid go to a nightclub Un, presumably unregulated, unlicensed, not unpermitted nightclub from a yeah, in, a, in a, the bad side of town, mind you, on the oh. bad side of town to hang out with 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 boys, um, the the day of a murder of a classmate oh, yeah. and a body turning up in the classroom. I mean, what what are, none, none of these helicopter like, parents nah. were all used to no investigation. There was no police cordoning off the crime scene. <laughs> oh, was there, was there a court off the crime scene? She just broke in and had a look. They they left the dead body laying there. Yeah, for I, some I reason. Also, I also enjoyed the principal's like, oh, you burned down a gym, huh? Okay, welcome aboard. <laughs> I love the direction. I'm just trying to stick your table back up, which was completely wrong. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, it's oh. just a whole bunch of not great adult yeah, characters. Yeah, adult characters are far in between. Whatever. I don't care. Yep. I don't want to hear anyone ever say, like, you know, the, the now generation was, was babied or whatever. We can go yeah, down. parents man. are too strict. Yeah, have you seen what, what happened with the parenting in Buffy, man? Like, we were lucky to survive. Like, it was very much Lord of the Flies survival or the finish. <laughs> I used to I used to have to walk home barefoot in the snow, <laughs> cut down a forest with a razor blade. You know, uh, that's what our parents told us. We were just going to get murdered by you know vampires or any other kind of threat on the way home, and they were just going to like forget about they us and care. move on. Yeah, I don't care in Sunnydale. Never say the parents of it. You know, it's just like just completely turns a blind eye to everything because that's you know the spectre of it. Yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> Brilliant. But of course, this episode brought to you uh, by Buffy Stakes. Uh, get my wood inside you. All right, you ready to call the outro? Yep. Talent's here. Let's go. All right, you want to warm up or anything first? No, I'm no. good. <clears throat> okay, hit me. Now, remember, no cliches, funny, light. It's a podcast. Go. In a world. Always do this. It's the first one. But that's, that's It's what, the most obvious but one. But that's what good trails. No. No. Just no. On the edge of space. Shand. Bedroom.
House, podcast, us, go. Jurassic Park meets Twilight. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah. We're a podcast. We're not a movie. Dun, dun, dun. We podcast. Us talking about movies. Is it just, just no, no, just go. Is it because the, no, the T Rex no. has little arms and couldn't stab him in the chest with a stake? Go. A rooster and a cat are friends? I know you're a cock, but this. It's helpful. Come on. Movies, podcast. It's us talking about them. Go. Two idiots have a podcast. They talk about movies and nonsense. If you'd like to join in that conversation, you can hit them up on masspodcasters at gmail.com or talk to them on Facebook. That's so hard? Yeah, my voice hurts a little. I've got a tickle, and I actually think Jurassic Park and Twilight as a crossover would work. <sighs> Shut up.